This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Big old hug to everybody. Welcome back to the Next Lander Podcast. As everybody doing? Welcome back. I I never left. I've been sitting here for the last Welcome seven days. Welcome I never back. left. Welcome back. I never oh, left. Don't do that. Don't do that. Your sciatica. Don't. You're yeah, gonna, you gotta stand up, man. You gotta, you gotta move. Everybody's gotta get up and move. Get that blood flowing. Not, not to jump ahead too much, but when is that? When is the melancholy cover of that song going to appear in a trailer of some sort? Oh, Welcome that's back. pretty good. Oh, that's pretty good. Welcome. It'll, okay, so it'll have to be a sequel to something. It needs to. You got to put. First of all, you got to put it in a minor key. Oh, well, I can't. I can't. Well, I'm not good enough to do that. Back. Just do that. Okay, well, and then, okay, back. and it would be. It would be the bad guy, though, right? It would be like the. It would be the not the sequel because the sequel always introduces a new villain. It would be the third one, which is the resurrection of the bad guy from the first one, and it would be the minor key melancholy version of Welcome Back as you see the shoes walking of the mm. villain. You know, like. And uh, and at the end of the welcome back, it would they would just be like, "Did you miss me?" And you know that would just be it would cut there. Right? So that's definitely a Borderlands sequel, and that's definitely Handsome Jack. 
<laughs> All right, nailed it. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way at the top there. If you would like to enlist Nextlander's creative services, you know where to reach us, nextlander.com. Um, yes, we're, we're available for business analytics, uh, marketing, uh-huh. planning, uh, go-to-market strategy. Yep, anything you want. We'll put we'll put uh, we'll put that uh, your name on a water bottle and uh, do a trailer for you. Not so. not not to jump too far ahead here because we're going to talk about this game in a minute. But I just want to say and on that subject, have you guys seen the Dying Light Two commercial that's on fucking oh. everything now? No, but I think I what, go on. I thought well, I might know what you're talking about. Go on. One, it, it apparently ever since uh, Dead Island, they are never going to get away from the slow motion dramatic zombie attack thing. That is just going to be the thing they do for the rest of their goddamn lives. Also, it is a slow minor key cover of Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. Wait, did somebody else just use that song for something? No, I think it's Dying Light that uses it. Oh, what? <laughs> I did not. I did not see that. I did it was on that. all the damn football games and other things this past week. Dude, what the man? Fight Club was twenty years over, well over twenty years ago at this point. That well, song has been to be fair, used. Fight Club didn't invent that song, but no, but it, but it kind of repop. No, but I'm saying yeah. that was like the big moment. I remember that song being used in a media property. Totally, Th- iconically, this is like my that fight club like- song. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, You're right. No. Katie, if only Katy Perry had been around in 1999. Uh, I don't. That song didn't even rate Katy Perry, did it? I don't think that was the. I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid the uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign could not get Katy Perry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, to say. Um, um, no, I, I just mean that like that. Whereas my mind was all over like the TV commercials for Fight Club. It was, the, it was kind of the unofficial totally song of that movie, and I feel like there are a lot there. There are plenty of other Pixie songs mm-hmm. you could pick. In this day and age, there's plenty of other ways you could do video game trailers, but apparently no one has thought of one yet. Should we, should we just talk about that? We should probably just talk about that Halo trailer now. Let's talk about let's, it. Let, let me, okay, hold on. One, because, give me, give me, give me one minute. Okay. Ready? One minute for Vinny. Okay. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Next Lander <laughs> podcast. It is February 3rd or February 2nd, if you're listening to this over on the Patreon. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, Dying Light 2, the Halo trailer stuff, Sony uh, Sony making acquisitions over in the field, Wordle, the bungee. bungee, spoilers, bungee. Yes, bungee uh, got bought and Wordle got bought. And, uh, and, uh, and some other stuff. Should we talk about the Halo stuff now? Let's just do it now since we're on the okay. subject. I mean, did you guys notice the song? I no. So actually, you I didn't? didn't because I was I was kind Dude. of transfixed on like trying to figure out wait whether I liked it, the, what was happening or not. But I didn't I it, didn't really listen that closely to the music. It's totally got one of those. What, what is live, what song is it? You want to just live react it? Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's live react. Okay. Um. Hmm. Okay. Hold on. It's, oh, well, Alex is going to get it. Wait, will I even have a chance of knowing what it is? I don't know. You know some music. I don't. That's not true. Okay, I'm listening right now. It's about two minutes into the trailer. Okay, live reacts. Got to keep talking because audio podcast. Mm-hmm. About two minutes into the trailer. Okay. Oh, that's like near the end of the trailer. Skip directly to two minutes. <laughs> Okay, I got it. Uh, okay, got it. <laughs> oh no, dude! They auto-tuned Phil Collins. Oh <sighs> no, they auto-tuned Phil Collins. Master Chief deserve Master I, Chief deserve better. I can't decide if this is better or worse than the new metal cover of "In the Air Tonight" that appeared in the Miami Vice movie. Uh 
okay, I didn't watch enough, but is he jumping from a ship uh, at some point when it says like in the air? Like I could feel like calling in the air. Like, is there something in the air? Is there is there a grenade in the air? Is there any reason why it's in the air? There's, there's it's Halo. There's always a grenade in the air. Okay, yeah. Is there a warthog in the air? Uh, okay, I saw this. My immediate my immediate reaction after seeing this, or my quick reacts, Vinny's quick reaction to this Halo yes. trailer was, wow, this vibe is like the palette and everything going on here is really Mandalorian and like new Disney, uh, series. Like there's, really? a cer- yeah, there's like a huh. certain bar for special effects. That is like, they're very good now, right? Like they're, they're, they're good effects- en- like good enough for a streaming service is still yes. pretty yeah. good compared like, to where things were like a decade ago. Like, yeah. Like even, even at second or third tier streaming service budgets, TV yeah. effects have gotten pretty good. So that, that was my initial reaction was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like helmeted, helmeted people running around like, uh, causing mischief with explosions and speeder bikes. And then my, my second reaction after watching a little bit more of it was like, Oh my gosh, I really don't understand what is happening in Halo at all. Like, did he just touch a, pro, like a, a, a Promethean, a Prothean like artifact, a Prothean, Prothean, Prothean artifact. Mean, excuse me, even forerunner. Uh, no, I meant, <laughs> he meant a Prothean ass. Pro- oh, I, meant, I get it. Yes. I meant, yes, you're right. I meant, did he just have the vision of like, yes, the, actually you're, you're actually, you're totally right. Uh, they're not on a Halo in that trailer. Really? Are they? No, he's, but he says, find the Halo, win the war. So you should say, so is season that, one, just them getting to the Halo. Is that what we're doing here? We we need that Ian Malcolm. Uh, so uh, so 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 you are gonna have uh, you are gonna have some Halo in your your Halo game at some point. <laughs> uh, all I know is that as I was watching that trailer, I kept thinking about Star Trek Picard, and I really don't mean that as a compliment. Mm. Like there's here is a thing that I know there are aspects of this that I genuinely enjoy and love, and. I am getting absolutely none of those things from watching this. This just feel like you said, it feels like a middle like mid-high budget streaming service show and it feels like it is directed and special affected the way all that stuff is and also I just don't see anything there that is like enticing to me the consumer. I you know I was going to say I was all ready to come in here and say boy they really nailed that Cortana voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I looked at the IMDb and realized they actually literally cast Cortana's voice actor as Cortana. Did they have to make her look like that in the trailer? <laughs> Dude, I, like the voice as good as the voice is. Uh, oh, my God. Couldn't she just be the blue hologram lady? Do they have to, like, make Dude. a more photorealistic version of Cortana? <laughs> Why does Cortana have skin tone? <laughs> Why does she like, look she sh- like the Alita battle angel model from oh. that movie? <laughs> you know, there's technology I, I, got better. I, you but know, in blue, some the, ways. The, I think that blue hologram has got a certain iconic look to yeah. it. Yeah, let's say the. Uh, I, I want to preface this a little bit, or like middle face this, as we've already into it. A uh, mid face this one, which uh, listen, I understand there is a Halo universe out there that I do not know about. There are comic books, there are books, there are all graphic like novels, eight video games. D- d- Come on, I, you read the Fall of Reach, right? I, I think I did, uh, but. There is stuff that I, I was watch I watched that trailer and then I quickly was scrubbing through like a step by step thing and I was like, hey, here's every scene. And they were talking about character so there's that character that puts someone on a table with tentacles. Remember that? Like there's like that scene where oh, yeah, was, yeah. Is, was that supposed to be the flood? I don't I, I somebody was saying be. in that thing that there's a character who was raised by the uh the uh was it the uh, covenant covenant the the what are the prophet what are the big ones in the covenant the though arbiters the, boots no, no the, the over no the the ones in the chairs 
Uh, oh, the prophets. The prophets. Okay, okay, they are the prophets. Yeah, like that. There's a human who is raised. Is that not in video game Halo uh, at all? Is, that does not sound. That sounds like a plus side plot written for TV. I agree with that. Yeah, that that feels like uh, that was made because they for the were referenced. They were referencing that in the, like the the scene by scene thing. I was like, oh, we're gonna learn more about this character, and it's going. They're going to be different than this other character. And I was like, I really, I really just don't it, know. Are they about doing this. the Mortal Kombat 2021 thing where they felt like they needed to put a self insert character into the show because they didn't think the other characters could carry the thing on its own? That that could, to be clear, it could be drawn from some. There's plenty yeah. of Halo fiction out there Distinctly that could be possible. drawn from something existing. I don't, I don't know. But uh, so yeah, th- I I want to appreciate that for people who are really. I read some of the comments and stuff, and it seemed like people who are really into Halo are like recognizing things in a Dark Blade style manner, in a Mandalorian style manner, in a in a way that's like, oh, these references make sense to me. But that I, just, I, I need I, I need more than that. Dark, Dark oh, Saber, yeah, yeah. sorry. I need Dark so Saber. much more than to point at the thing and say, that's like that other thing. Like, that's not, well, that's that Master cannot Chief. be the whole of, of a media property. I, I, thought that, I thought that Elite and the Energy Sword at the beginning looked pretty good. Yeah, I, I those think look, that, Those looked pretty good. I think I think that stuff looks good. I, I just think, um, I don't know. I, 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 I will give it a shot at some point if I can find a way to watch it. It's like on Paramount Plus, not going to be on a Microsoft platform right i think it was originally supposed to be a showtime show and then they they bumped it over to paramount plus because everything has to be on the streaming services now so um so yeah i I will i will give it a shot i just i'm just impressed they made it because they have been talking (laughs) about doing a halo movie tv series whatever for most of the time i have worked in video games I actually wouldn't mind seeing more game. I like literally just thought of this that like it kind of actually would rather get more game TV shows than game movies. Sure. Now that I think about it, like Witcher. Sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I heard, a- I heard that second season of Witcher didn't end super great, but oh, okay. I, I, I still haven't started it yet. I, I, Witcher's a weird one because it's like got a foot in the games and a foot in the mm, books. So I think it's more games than books. Maybe this is also has a foot in the games I, and a foot in the I, books. I think this. I think this show is more books than games. Uh, is is my understanding, but yeah, I listen. I'm impressed it's made. I think I think the the bad the the covenant looked like the covenant, like they mm-hmm. they looked like the I'm CG doesn't look horrible. I'm impressed they found an actor who could finally fit into that collector's edition helmet that the games <laughs> came in one time. So like that's <laughs> impressive. A bunch on of itself. lying around. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a bunch of a bunch of actors that can fit there have like a square. Really head weird when we ran the casting call for this thing, we had to put out very specific cranial dimensions. It's like I just our casting director was really into phrenology for some reason. I don't know. Right. Do you do you have a body and head shape that is like Beetlejuice after the head shrinking? Uh you know, and I I personally think the Master Chief voice is close enough. Oh, that's um, fine. I don't care about that. Like it's close as long as the actor is good, I don't really give a shit. It's close enough, so I, that didn't bother me either. So, do you think that you think they're gonna show his face? Not no. this season. No. Okay. No. Well, they, you know what? I got, once again, once again, Mandalorian has paved the way for a protagonist whose face you never see. I think if Microsoft doesn't control that with a game, they have messed up. If 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 you're gonna, unless this thing blows up in a way, in a Marvel universe kind of way that is bigger than the games, I think that face reveal has to be. In, a, in the actual game and not yeah, I mean they they were heading in that direction with four and then they totally just dropped it they, <laughs> is that the one seem, where they take the back of the head yeah you see the back of his head at the end yeah. of four yeah they, I they, yeah I, I think this is a prequel right this is this is earlier on or well, I mean, like I said, there's not even a halo really in that yeah, trailer I mean, it sounds like that I, I get if I am to 
you know, interpret the, this through the lens of how prestige television is generally delivered, especially for stuff for like properties like this. If they aren't showing a Halo at the beginning, that's how that season's going to end with them getting to a Halo oh, totally. for the first time. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Have you got? Are you guys familiar with the silver timeline? Oh God, no. Okay. I feel like I'm going to scream as soon as you explain what this is. Oh, I'm not going to explain. Tread lightly. Uh, Because I don't really understand what it is, but when I was watching all those videos, they were referencing the silver timeline. uh, And uh, if you look, there's just a a lot of breakdowns of the silver timeline. So I can't even explain what it is. I was hoping you guys could. So this, this, uh, I am no halo expert. Okay. I'm going to read this paragraph. Ready? Uh, The TV show timeline, the quote silver timeline, is grounded in the universe, characters, and events of what's been established in core canon, but will differ in subtle and not so subtle ways in order to tell a grounded human story set in the profoundly established Halo universe. Where differences and branches arise, they will do so in ways that make sense for the show, meaning that while many events, origins, character arcs, and outcomes will map to the story or to the Halo story fans know, there will be surprises, differences, and twists that will run parallel, but not identical to core canon. Is this just a big long way of saying, yes, of course, we're going to make some changes because it's a TV show, you dummies? Wait, did you say Frank O'Connor wrote that? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, what in the world? <laughs> yeah. That seems like a very, like, exhaustive disclaimer to have to put out. I guess maybe they're just like, hey, just don't get too upset. Things are going to be different. It's but, cool. Like, chill. We're okay with this. But are we not media trained at this point to understand that if you were going to translate something like this to television or movies, like, you have to do that? Are you asking if diehard fans of a thing <laughs> are going to get testy when a d- different interpretation of the thing graces the world? I guess. Come on. I just given the the absolute like battlefield littered with corpses of terrible video game movies over the years, like people have to understand that like people are going to make changes to this stuff. You can't just put the video game on the show or in the movie like that's it is a different medium. There are things you have to do differently. No, I refuse. I need to have a time. You need to set a canonical new timeline and branch. You need to take your Git repository and branch it. I am not working on the main. Okay. I'm not working on the main. (laughs) You know what? Uh, Don't submit changes to the main. It it occurs to me that we are actually finally slowly ticking off that list of properties from two generations of consoles ago that were supposed to get movies back. You know Mm, what I mean? It's like Halo, Assassin's Creed, Uncharted, like all these franchises from 15 plus years ago. are finally all getting their movies and TV shows. Like, what's left? What is left from that era that was, like, pretty much like Mass Effect and Bioshock at this point, right? You- <sighs> yeah, okay, the Bioshock okay. thing, I remember ruined, er, rumored the- a bunch. I don't, did they ever actually talk about... <laughs> and, and ruined. And ruined, yeah. But did they ever actually talk about doing a Mass Effect movie, or was that just, like, random and scuttlebutt? Not, uh, not very loosely. Not, okay. not in, like, I mean, Bioshock, like, straight up had Gore Verbinski attached at one point, right? Yes. I think? Like, they at least does, pitched does that- the project. Does that does, does a Bioshock movie ever get made? Uh, I, you know, give it about give Ken Levine about five more years of doing nothing, and then yes, <laughs> huh. I, I, I right. think that's uh, that that could be a good prestige television one. Like that's a good serialized one, I think, because the way they set that up at the end is like you could tell any story with these three things, right? So like they could just tell a new story in the Bioshock universe. It doesn't have to be a retelling of any of those things. So or they like could just do it like the terror style. Each season is a different Bioshock yeah. universe. 
Or like an anthology could be yeah. kind of interesting. Uh, oh, I need to I need to watch the terror. Watch season I, one of the terror. It is fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I yeah. I I need I need more Jared Harris in my life. Yeah, it's super good. Uh so that's uh is that the when is that thing going live? Soon. Okay. All right. When like will in the next soon month or two, I think. Uh okay. I mean listen, like I said, I will check it out if I have access to it. So mm-hmm. um we'll see. The Paramount Plus. That's a big, that's a big if. It's a big if. It's a big uh it's a big if. Um I'm gonna wait for them to put the uh, I'm still waiting for them to put the uh uh the multiplayer co op into that show. So Mm-hmm. That's uh I will come back when that's ready. You just inspired me. I want to go nice see if any early reviews are up yet for that uncharted movie. What what where are you typing in to see what would be your place to go check a TV review? Who does a TV, TV review? Yeah. I'd probably I'd probably still use Metacritic just to see who's yeah. in. Yeah, just to see what's up. But there's so there's no obviously there's no Halo reviews yet cuz I don't think that's out in any yeah. kind of like screener capacity yet. Uh, I was just looking to uh, see Unch- if Uncharted was out yet, but it is not. I think it's like Uncharted is like three weeks away, isn't it? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I just wasn't Probably. sure if like earlier reviews might be out. Have you seen the movie poster for that thing? No. You have not? No, I haven't looked. Oh, oh my it's, lord. It's, have you turned on a PS5 recently? It is oh, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm <laughs> looking at the, it right now. Is that the what one with Todd that? Holland, like just like his face right up in there? Oh, you know what? That That might not be the main poster there are multiple posters out there there's one that i saw that was just like incomprehensible anyway uh halo catch it let's and talk about started catch it zombies catch it catch, catch, catch them. it catch them and cut their heads off that's right or their arms speaking of zombies speaking of just, franchises just that fault over them if you like uh dying light to stay human i i can't with that subtitle, stay. Hey, hey, bro. Also, hey, bro. Stay, stay, bro. Stay human. Stay human, bro. I, bro. I, I, <laughs> stay human, bro. Stay human, bro. Sure. Stay human is also the name of Stephen Colbert's band on his show. Nice. John, John, like John Baptiste is awesome. Like he's the band leader of that show, but that is the name of that band, and it just hey, weirds me out. That whatever. hey, bra, I made you this puka shell uh, uh, UV bracelet thing. Uh, stay human, bra. It's uh, it's fantastic. It is. It, it is really action. fucking me up that you're doing this voice right now because I literally just watched Fast Times at Ridgemont High like hours <laughs> ago, and uh-huh. I have Spicoli on the brain. Hey, bro. Um, Dying Light stay human. Dying Light Two stay human. Uh, the sequel to Dying Light, mm-hmm. a game, Brad, you are more familiar with than any of us. Oh, I love the first Dying Light so much. I gen- I genuinely think it's one of the most underappreciated games of last generation. What was uh, it that you loved so much about it? Man, it's hard to encapsulate. It felt really dangerous and really grim and mm. really desperate. Like mm. the first game is set in a city where the the zombie outbreak has just happened like days before and so the city has been quarantined by the military. So it's very much like a holy shit, we can't get out of here. We're trapped in here with this awful god awful shit. Like we got to figure this out. Like it's very much like a bunch of people just scrabbling to Figured out, I should be clear, the main story of that game is not great. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not talking, it's a cheese fest, it's pretty dumb, like, it's whatever. It's, it was like more of the stuff around the edges. Mm. Like, it's actually something that I am missing in the new game so far, is there was, like, the, the writing in the main story in the first game was not great, but around the edges, like, the little side characters you'd meet that only had, like, ten lines of dialogue and side missions and stuff like that, and, like, descriptions on the dungeons you'd go into and stuff like that, like, it just painted this such a, like, vivid grim picture of what life would be like in that situation it's like 
Like that city was about to host the Olympics in a few months or like next month or something. And so there's like, you're meeting like athletes there who have been forced into becoming like runners for supplies because they're so athletic. Right. Oh, and that's like, funny. I didn't, and, I, that's cool. right. Or you're right. like, you're meeting, like you meet a tourist there who was just in town for the Olympics and is now trapped there. And her sister was eaten by zombies, you know, or like, oh, that's great. Just like it, 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 it had a really grounded feel to the world design and the world building in that game. And like this, I'm, I'm enjoying this new one quite a bit. Sorry to ramble about just, no, by all means, I think so having much, that context like, is good. Like that was one of the things I liked so much about the first game. It was also just felt like a really taut survival game. Hmm. Uh, this one is this one feels more cartoony and video gamey to me so far. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I mean, I didn't play a ton of the original Dying Light, but I I get what you were saying about it. And I this one, it's it simultaneously feels a little bit more cartoony and video gaming, but also like every interaction with the characters feels like they added an extra coat of prestige seriousness to the storytelling that I feel like yeah. is not benefiting it. It's it's going for that, but like I'm just not getting all that much out of much of the writing or the world design. Like it's just a very different vibe because now it's like what it's like 15 years after the virus. It's 2036. Like, so like. Right. So like first game, like I said, was just one city that had been overrun and quarantined. But now the virus has destroyed the entirety of human civilization. (laughs) This is like one of the last remaining cities on Earth. And it's like it's much deeper in. So it's much more like an established society and dynamic of factions working against each other, which is is fine. It's just a different vibe. There there is kind of a weird thing in the intro. I really had I had a very Vinny moment where I was playing through the beginning being like, wow, they are, I feel like I need to play Dying Light 1. They're going over a lot of stuff here that doesn't really make that much sense to me. But uh, they they are basically like, in uh, 15 years ago when the world was experiencing the virus, we thought we had it. Oops, the daisy. They started researching more <laughs> on. Um, it was. <laughs> they started so weird. Do, they're up to their bullshit again. Right. And, uh, it was like the world came together to, to, to develop a cure for the Haran virus yeah. as fast as possible, and humanity was saved. But yeah. oh well, people are <laughs> stupid and greedy and right. reckless, and they made another virus, they made and another now everybody's virus. dead. Yeah. They're oh, those fuckers are back on their bullshit with the virus, and here we go. I mean, Society's that's basically over. the plot of every Resident Evil game to some degree, but. Yeah, but it was just like it was very like. Is this what we're really doing? We you solved it in Dying Light One, and then they just kept doing experiments, and they yeah, let it like, escape again. I mean, Resident Evil has inherently been schlock from the very beginning, though, yeah. and like that's the thing is the first Dying Light actually was like like I said, very grounded and like some really believable little little character work around the periphery. Yeah, uh, and this it's not just like the writing and the world design. Also, I just think like visually and design wise. It feels very video gamey because like everything is like brightly colored to imply exactly what mechanic it belongs to. You know what I mean? It's like every hiding spot has like a cloud of like glowing fireflies flying above it. And like everything you can jump on is yellow. And like, you know what I mean? Like it's a lot of the best are the mattresses on the floor with the the big mattresses, blue X on it, big giant blue X on everything you can land on and stuff like that. Like it's just a little, a little more. I guess cartoony, like I said, is the best way I can think of to describe it. Well, okay, if you take a step back and you want to fictional fictionalize it, like imagine the humans that are running around have to mark stuff for the other runners because Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you totally, sure like, totally. I, I could see it, uh, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, um I, I'll say all out of the gate here too, I don't think any of us are too far to spoil. I'm like much five hours listening. into it at this point, so I've got another four hundred and ninety-five to go. <laughs> Dude, so it, you, is, so, it is a slow burn. Yeah, so that's what I was getting at. Uh, if you're listening to this, I don't think we're gonna get into too many spoilers because, boy, it I 
I'm also a couple of hours in and I feel like I barely have scratched the surface and maybe this thing is a is a mile wide inch deep but it it takes a long time for you to even get to open up the the open world and get to the city. It takes a long so time to get there and it feels yeah. like the leveling system is built in such a way that you are going to have to engage with as much of that shit as possible if you actually want to level up. It's it's really slow. Like I'm mm-hmm. so there there are two skill trees, combat and parkour and you earn points in each of those by doing those things. Like fighting gets you combat XP, doing parkour stuff. Um and it's got the cool thing from the first game of like you, you get more XP bonuses at night for doing the same stuff. Right. Because night again is super dangerous and that's and still terrifying. My thing. <laughs> Dude, it sounds like I was playing very late last night in the dark with headphones on, and like it sounds like a meat grinder out there at night. Like just yeah. it is just blood curdling screams <laughs> everywhere. Like the, like the ambient, yeah, the ambient sound design at night in that game is just nonstop. People like ah, <laughs> like gunshots and explosions, just like everywhere. They everywhere do not go. pull punches, and also. They do not pull. If you are on the ground at night, be ready for a flight or fight because those howlers, the things that set off all the zombies are just everywhere. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's it's they've kind of doubled down on the stuff. That mechanic from the first game that I like so much of like the zombies in this game are light sensitive. So most of them stay inside kind of hibernating during the day. Hmm. So it's much safer to be out on the streets during the day. But that means all the zombies are packed into the interior spaces, which happens to be where all the best loot is. So at night they all come out. And then you can go to the spaces and get the stuff in there, but it's much yeah. harder to get there, right? Because they're flooding the streets and they're empowered at night. They have like more mobility and they're stronger and they chase you more and stuff like that. So, so there's also another mechanic, which is interesting here um, that they lay on. So everybody in this town is infected. It was a, it was a kind of town that was, or city, uh, and it was kind of cut off from the rest of the world. And it was, it, everybody's infected and they wear these bracelets, which track their infection <laughs> level. Mm-hmm. Um, how much, how much schadenfreude do you think the residents of the city feel? Cause like, like you said, they were all infected early on, and the yeah. and this city was quarantined by the rest of the world, and then the rest of the world got it too. Yeah, and these these people these people had time to figure it out and establish some kind of sustainable society. Like, how, how much are they just laughing? It's like, oh yeah, you fuckers, see how it is now. Right, <laughs> we're still right, here. Like we're still here. Fuck you. And they have some tech that was left there as the the government, or is it the GRE, or is that from another game? That, uh, is- that was in the first game. That's the okay. just kind of government response. Thing the so there's like some GRE tech and those bracelets are like valuable because it, this city wants them. It's kind of a little like Salem witch thing going on where like everybody needs to have a bracelet. Otherwise they will. I mean, you literally get like uh, taken and almost killed because you don't have one on. Yeah, but, it's almost almost like authoritarian, like show your papers kind yeah. of thing. Like mm-hmm. they won't let you in without a buyer marker because that shows how infected you are and how close you are to turning. Right. And to be fair, you are very close to turning because you are also infected. Um, and, and so you have this mechanic where. If you, the, the thing that stops the infection is daylight or UV light. So when you're running around at night, you're constantly also monitoring this ticking clock, which is a thing that if it runs out, game over, you're dead because you've become fully infected. So you have to either uh, relay race your way from UV light to UV light as you're trying to complete objectives or pop things called like UV shrooms. <laughs> there are, yeah. So like, this is probably my favorite video gamey thing about it. Like. I guess the GRE dropped a bunch of chemicals on this city at some point to try to like kill everything. And so now like all the plant life is mutated and there's all these like chemical crystals everywhere that are super valuable. And yes, UV shrooms <laughs> with a Z literally the pickup is literally spelled with a Z at the end, <laughs> like glowing mushrooms are growing everywhere. And those are the things you 
smear all over yourself. To, <laughs> that black light like, poster you had as a kid that had all the mushrooms yes. on it. Congratulations. They're real now. It's so dumb. It's, like that is a fun, dumb thing in this game. For so sure. that's super dumb. And you also get, uh, you can get a thing uh, called, I think it's a suppressor or whatever. It's like an injector, which can, um, can also suppress some of that stuff. And then you're finding, you have to get three upgrades from a GRE. You have this MacGuffin GRE key which can open up like special locks and their uh, permanent upgrade uh, uh, items are in those. You need three of those to either choose the parkour or what's the other one, Brad? You mentioned, is it uh, it's action or parkour or it's health? Oh, no, parkour? no. The, the, uh, yeah, the um, those pickups are just health and stamina. Health and stamina. So you those get three, three of those and then you can dump a point into um, uh, 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 getting your health or stamina up. And that, that also, when every time you do that, that adds a few more seconds to your to your immunity like that sh- timer is short at the beginning of the game like i assume yeah. it's if you play enough like i said the leveling is pretty slow but if you play enough that you're going to get more time eventually but like at the beginning of the game it's less than five minutes you can be out in the dark before you turn into a zombie and that's yeah. not much yeah so i mean like, a lot are, of, they, they almost cool. immediately it, it's it's an interesting push and pull for sure it's like oh i want to go raid this thing at night I'm going to have to bring a lot of UV shrooms with me because I'm not going to make it in five minutes. Like I've got to manage this resource to yeah. be out at the most valuable time to be out, but or know like your they, route, right? Like, or yeah, know that right. you have like these other routes to go. Yeah. With. But it is, it is just a ticking clock that was not there in the first game. That really is just an extra thing to have to manage. It, uh, it definitely feels like it slows the game down a little bit. And maybe that's how it feels extended out because y- you know, I had to rerun a couple of things a couple of times cause I could, I got, Got there and didn't have enough juice to get back, right? I swam right. out too yep. far and couldn't yep. get back uh, into a thing. So, sorry, maybe you guys can clarify the upgrade tree for me for a second here, because actually talking through it, I confused myself. So those, the GRE components that you inject yourself with, the, the get three of them gives you either more, like kind of Breath of the Wild, more overall stamina or more overall health, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And those are, yes, Breath of the Wild weirdly is the exact mechan- upgrade mechanic I was thinking about. Okay. Like, Every time you do those shrines in Breath of the Wild and get the thing at the end, like you can yeah. cash those in for health or stamina, it's literally that. And then, and then Except there's they're not the, shrines, they're just pickups in the world for the most part. And then there's the tech tree, which is a separate XP, which is the... Yeah, the skill tree works on combat and parkour XP, which you rack up just by doing those things. Okay, okay, and okay. And then there's and all the All of that is very the, slow. Yeah, like yeah. I've only, I've only locked unlocked one combat skill and two parkour skills so far, I think. Like, the leveling is like... And it's a big, it's a deep tree. It's, it's a big skill tree. And also like the first game was the same way. Like you don't have many parkour moves at all at the beginning of this game. Like you can't wall run, you can't slide while running. Um, like you can pretty much just climb and that's about it. At Jump first. over and it, a staggered and, enemy. And, and um, it takes a lot of time to unlock those moves. Like maybe too much time. Like I'm kind of, kind of wishing I had some of those basics unlocked from the outset. Like, I don't mind a slow burn. Like, if you have something and it's paced out in such a way that feels like it's justifying it, I'm cool with it. But I feel like my time with this game so far has been, like, wishing everything took about 15 minutes less than it did. <laughs> sure, I could see that, yeah. Like, I I appreciate a pain point in a game like this now and again because it's a thing to overcome and it feels good when you overcome stuff like that. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. I got the slide, now I can slide. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it, it's, a, it's, it's satisfying to put up with bullshit and then like alleviate that bullshit slowly over time. But like, but I think they might be laying it on a little thick here. 
But again, they, I think they, I think one of the worst design conventions that is distinctly po- popular these days is the this sucks until you upgrade it to not suck. Mm. Like a baseline of good and enjoyable is what I am looking for. And if you want to add stuff on top of that that makes it a lot more fun and a lot better as it goes along, great. It's not that I think that the baseline, what they are giving you sucks, but it's too slow to get to better things. And I think that like there's a certain point where it feels like I have done everything I can do here. I am doing these quests. I'm doing these things. It feels like I am not getting the progress that I am looking for out of doing these other things. Not yet. I, th- anyway. I think it is. I think it is just acceptable, just on the side of acceptable. What okay. they give you at the beginning, like it, like I, again, it would really be nice to at least have like the wall run and the slide. Like those feel like such basic parkour moves that maybe they shouldn't have locked those up behind a skill tree. But a lot of the more advanced stuff that you'll get later like this was in the first game you know it's like oh you can vault over all these obstacles faster Hmm. with this skill you can like jump off of obstacles with this other you know what i mean like that stuff would unlock over time and those are more add-ons as opposed to like crucial kind of parts of the toolkit it's it it does feel like it it is trying to put a lot into the 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 stew here because there are also some kind of metroidvania-esque things where you don't have the wall run or you don't have enough stamina so you can't actually reach an area uh or there's something that feels locked off to you uh, and that is really interesting to me maybe i think but maybe yeah holding off other things where it's hard in an open world game right because you can mm-hmm. kind of go wherever you want so you're kind of you're kind of bumping up against these things and i actually i do like this i like this better than them putting numbers over the zombies or skulls that say hey don't go to this area right i kind of like the more of like hey there's a lot of zombies here just turn around and go back don't try and fight your way through you you don't have the stamina to do this you don't have the stamina to get away they do pay some narrative service to you've lost some stamina because you're infected uh, so you can't do what you used to do, though you start playing the game before you're infected, and I don't think you can do a slide then either. So uh, I don't know if you've lost the step because you're infected too much. But I, I like the balance. It just feels overwhelming, I think, is the word. There, I would yeah, use. there are a lot of open world activities that they hit you with pretty fast. And, um, and, and a lot to... Uh, the, my, my, I, I mentioned this in the video we did. Probably my biggest gripe out of the gate, and maybe this is fixed later on with an upgrade, is the pinging the environment to see what you can search for. It feels like I'm constantly just mashing that thing that uh, on the PS5, I think it's clicking in R3, just yeah, constantly like, pinging everywhere. All of the uh, like the consumables for health, the mods for weapons, which are a big deal. Like It's like, oh, I can make my machete electrified now, or I can... Yeah make this hammer belch fire when I swing it, which is awesome. But like all of that stuff is very crafting heavy. So you have to be looking for mats constantly. And those mats are not evident at all in the environment, really. Like you kind of just need to be pinging constantly to see where they actually are to pick them up. Like it'd be nice if you pinged something and then just stayed permanently on your HUD, which I realize that there is, I think there is an upgrade you can get that will let that effect last longer. But it's like that doesn't need to be a thing that you Mm -hmm. upgrade. That's also full on like attributes on there's gear now. I think armor is a bigger deal in this than it was in the first one. It's full on color coded armor loot yep. stuff. Yeah. And and that's one of the attributes on a bunch of the gear you pick up is like longer survivor sense duration and stuff like that. They also have like what seems to be gear sets for it's I don't think it's classes. A, I don't think it's an official class though, right? It's like they, hey, they refer to them as by name of like tank, ranger. medic, scout, or ranger, yeah. Yeah, but is it but is it more of like, hey, you're wearing this ranger set? You're not actually specking. I think, as a I ranger, think that's right? more of what it is. Yeah, there might be set bonuses. Maybe if you wear yeah. like a full medic set or tank set, maybe there's some kind of set thing going on there. Right. But like, yeah, it's very much like the descriptions are all just like 
this is armor. I mean, this is gear for a tank, a class geared toward like survivability and something. something. So I wonder if that'll play a little bit more into the multiplayer of, hey, I'm specced toward more towards this. I'm specced more towards this. I, I'm playing this certain class. I'm very fast and very nimble because the parkour stuff in it, speaking of nimble, is is really fun. Uh, the running and, and, it, and yeah. that to me rubs up against sometimes the having to ping R3 constantly as I'm as I'm tearing ass through a city in the daytime. At night I get it. You're just trying to survive. But during the day I'm clicking and I have to like, you know, kind of like cartoon style like stop and be like, okay, let me go and lock these boxes. Also yep. the lock picking mechanic might be the most dated <laughs> the thing best. I've ever seen. Still I cannot believe they just lifted the fallout Skyrim fallout I mean a uh, uh, lockpick mechanic. Like. Yeah. Like it's it is in the wild down to like the lockpick snapping is, is really is identical. Uh, but yeah, I, and, and you pick a lot of locks in that game. You pick a decent amount of locks and they, they have decent tension. Like when there's zombies coming at you and you're trying to pick a lock. Yeah, like stuff like lock picking does not pause the game. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of management of stuff like that. Or in the menu, as we found out during that video, when you're, when you're, uh, uh, infected timer is going down, uh, yeah. heads up when you're in the menu. Uh, I, I kind of, I don't know. I, I like a game that treats you like shit. <laughs> like, I find, huh. Don't want to get too much into my kinks here. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. Like, this is a safe no. space, man. Tell us all about it. No, no, no. I just, I, I mean, it's kind of a Dark Souls thing, right? Of like, yeah. hey, I, I like a game that is very hard and punishing. You want it to be mean. That, that forces you to overcome a lot of challenges. And like, this is very much that of like, like they're what I assume are their equivalent of like Assassin's Creed Towers, the windmills. Yeah. I can't say for sure because I haven't finished one yet, but like. I haven't found one I can finish. Like all of the ones I've found, I don't have enough stamina or I don't have enough jump height to actually climb to the top yet. You know, it's like they show you those things as soon as you get into the open world, but you can't do them. Like I finally finished my first military outpost last night. Have you done one of those? I haven't finished one now. Like there's a bunch of old world locations like military outposts and quarantine apartment buildings and stuff like that where all the best stuff is. And they're just very hard. Like the military outposts always have one of those giant juggernaut guys with a giant hammer. Okay. in the middle and like 30 other zombies and some other hard zombies. And like the first time I tried the cup first couple times, I tried one of those, like it's just too hard. Like it was too many zombies. That big bruiser dude just beat the shit out of me. It's like, Oh, all these activities on the map. I actually am not strong enough to do yet. But then I finally did one of those military outposts last night by being really creative with like, you know, exploding, uh, or pain tanks and stuff like that. Like I had to really think about how to clear that little challenge out to get the, get the good stuff and like it's so much more satisfying than just like rolling through all these super easy activities that are just there to do and check off you know was it rewarding to get like were the good goodies in it did you yeah, feel there like was, you, you there was unique stuff locked okay. up in those military vehicles that i have not seen before so did you feel like you leapfrogged a little bit by taking on something that was maybe a little too challenging for your level brought um, you up uh higher because i really I like know. when a game does that it's hard to say. I, I might have gotten like probably a decent amount of XP for doing that. Okay. If I had to guess, like none of none of the stuff I found there was game breaking or anything. It was okay. Just like slightly better loot and a lot of valuable stuff. Um. Uh, yeah. It was I, more. It was more just about like having to like actually try to overcome it and not just like roll up on it and do it. You know. Right. Right. Just swing your way through it. Uh. I I am enjoying my time with it. I'm gonna spend more time with it. Like I said, I think the thing that comes to mind is big and slightly intimidating in terms of 
there's a lot of there are a lot of games coming out in February. It's going to be holy a very, crap! Like very, I got two other games installed on that same PS5 that I need to start playing. I, uh, I've seen some people say straight up, "This feels like a game that you could just play for the rest of the year and play nothing else." That's and and like, I'm not saying you should do that, but I'm saying it has the amount of stuff in it that would probably carry you through a year. That's how I played the first game. It probably took me four or five weeks to finish that game, just slowly chipping away at it in the background as I was playing other stuff. Like it just is a. This feels very much the same where it could just kind of hang around and last you for a while. We'll, I think we can, the problem I'm having it. is that the other stuff that I have played that is coming up, I'm more interested in playing and I'm having a better mm. time with. Yeah, well, we can talk about it more after the break, but there there are some other elements there to dig into that may or may not hold up over time. I'm yeah, not let's, sure yet. let's take a quick break. We'll come back with some more elements uh, from Dying Light 2. Stay human. Stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we're back, and we've got some more. Brad, do you have some more Dying Light 2? Um, I wish they kind of got into the choice stuff that they've promoted so much a little faster because we can't, I don't think any of us can really speak to it because they just don't offer you that many. Like there's a little bit of it, but it's the stuff that involves like the factions and kind of like, are you going to help them? Are you going to help them stuff like that does not come up for a while. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them six or seven hours into the game at this point and I haven't seen any. I don't think I've seen super. I, I take that back. I, I. Have you done the mission where you kind of first really meet the peacekeepers? There's like two, actually there's three. It seems like there's three factions in the city. There's the the peacekeepers are like the really militaristic authoritarian types. The, what is it? The survivors are the kind of much more ragtag. Like, (laughs) oh, we got community farms and yeah, we squabble, but we generally try to get along types. Then I think there's the, the, the red faction, the renegades, the. Are they the bandits or is that like a separate, like, unaffiliated crew? That's like the the last zone of the city, the farthest away from where you start is okay. colored red because there's like territory control in this game. And like they, they're the ones led by the colonel. Mm-hmm. 
Like they sound like the true fucking psychopaths. Um, anyway, like I, so I, I did the first mission where you really mix it up with peacekeepers last night and they do give you a, finally a dialogue choice that is sort of like, they want you to help them, but also the people you've been working with so far fucking hate them and mm. like are at each other's throats. And like, if you, you know, you know what I mean? Like I finally yeah. had a chance to be like, ah, I fuck you. I with these other guys or maybe I'll try to play both sides, which is what I went with. Uh, so it's starting to get into that stuff. And like, there's signs everywhere of like, <laughs> like the water towers, which again, I haven't, I haven't done windmills or water towers yet. Cause they show you all these activities that you don't seem like leveled up to enough to do yet. But the water towers, like in the descriptions straight up say like, change the, what is it? Change the faction balance of the city by completing this or something like that. I don't even know if I saw that yet. Okay. It's, you can scan them with the binoculars and it'll tell you. Okay. When you mark them on the map, it'll say like, here's what this does when you complete it. And I haven't tried to do one yet, but like, Hmm. it seems like there are straight up activities out there that will swing the faction alignment of the city back and forth. And it seems like the color of those territories can change depending on who controls what. Right. I just haven't seen any of that stuff yet. Like, it sounds like you have to get pretty damn deep into the game to see that stuff. There's like, I found the, in the YouTube video we put up, I was talking about, there's a spot in the game where you can see some of the mobility stuff you're going to get later and I found that last night again. It's like a paraglider, a grappling hook or hook shot. Um there's a couple other things I forget. Oh, see it's like, it in the UI, see it in the yeah, menu. Yeah, there's okay. there's spots in the UI that have like slots for things you're going to get later. Okay. It's just like there's all these things that's like they're straight up going to let you fly and grapple onto stuff later and like none of that is in there in the first several hours. It, yeah, I mean, it definitely I, I don't know. Bears repeating it it seems like it's got it takes its time. It's, it's a slow, slow cooker there. Sit and again, down. I don't mind a slow burn as long as it's in service of something. And I just, I think I'm not yet convinced that it is actually in service of something other than just making things longer. If, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm definitely going to stick with it and see where it goes over time. It's probably, like we said, there's other games coming out. It's probably yeah. going to be a while before it gets super deep into it. It feels different enough than, uh, like, the traditional Bethesda offering and the Far Cry series. And those are the things that kind of come to mind. And it feels like yeah. it is occupying. And Assassin's Creed, I would and say. Yeah, maybe a little, the parkour stuff for Assassin's Creed for sure. But, it, you know, in terms of the bigger, yeah, I guess the current Assassin's Creed with the kind of towers and all that yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, you're right. Like, it's kind of, those are kind of the three games, I guess I would say. It feels like a mashup of Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, and, of course, a lot of people would argue Assassin's Creed and Far Cry are... <laughs> barely distinguishable in some ways, but, and, yeah. and, and like a Bethesda game, like a fallout sort of with a little bit right. of, you know, mirror's edge traversal stuff. Definitely. In there. Yeah. But, it, but it, it feels different enough where, yeah, the, the uh, nighttime stuff, the, the, the risk reward of the nighttime stuff is still feels pretty unique to me because those are three series that I personally am, am kind of tired of. So like, uh, with maybe Assassin's Creed being, well, actually I didn't even play the, the last one that much. So yeah, I'm tired of all three of those. And so this feels different enough where I'm like, I'm interested, show me what you got. And I'm going to keep going along with it. Uh, let's, but the, there, there needs to be a thing in dying light too, that just keeps the ball up in the air. And I, so let's hopefully, and if that's a drip of new abilities, if that's a drip of story content, like you said, Brad, if it's the intrigue and the factions, whatever it is, there needs to be some kind of, uh, you know, trail there to follow. That's not just, jumping in place to get the parkour stat up or something you know like <laughs> just tie a rubber band around your, your right bumper yeah yeah so uh, but yeah color me intrigued color me also staring this one down being like this might be in the background for a while 
put it with the other three games that are going on in the background because mm-hmm. there is um there's a full slate in we February. We got a busy February ahead of uh, us. And, and some of them are bigger than others, but there's like I suspect Horizon will be a fairly large game. You know, like mm-hmm. there are games that are coming up that are are pretty big. I Elden Ring. Old Elden Ring. It's probably yes. a pretty large game, so. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, well, I, I suspect you'll hear more about dying like to stay human on this here podcast moving forward slowly over time, just kind of, a- uh, but we are going to try and get into some co-op on Friday. So hopefully yeah. that all works. Uh, I found, uh, I found some of the stupid shit from the first game last night. Finally, like spikes in the environment you can kick people onto and stuff like that. Like, okay. Oh, nice. It seems like we could maybe have some fun with the co-op. I don't know. The environmental business. Yeah. Uh, in terms of game stuff, I think that's kind of uh, what we've been up to, the Dying Light 2 stuff. Like I said, yeah, we've the, got the, things on the horizon. About, yeah. I have some, yeah, there are other things, but there are embargoes that are preventing us from talking about those things. So we'll talk about them later. Yeah, so should we jump right into the news? Sure. Yeah, because there is some. Hey, so, so, Sony bought Bungie? Yes. Consolidation. Uh, wait, I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Really no. kind of wrestled with question of whether we should start it i was like it was like is sony buying bungie big enough to start a podcast with maybe maybe not i don't know think about okay no hang on yeah right i know where you're going with this well okay yes go ahead think about that statement and how rapidly we have shifted from but a a company like sony buying bungie for 3.6 billion dollars went from the kind of thing you would be like this is the biggest news that has happened (laughs) in ages to this is like second or third tier level acquisition yeah, like the if there was an overton window we jumped out of it mm-hmm. yeah like these the idea of buyout normalization just increasing over time is kind of alarming now that you mention it yes so um, what are the um what are the facts on the ground here so what is the rapid what is facts <laughs> yeah that, that's kind of the fact right like sony bought bungie for 3.6 billion that's the, that's the the nuts and bolts of it but like Sony seems pretty clear. Okay, like anytime an acquisition happens, everybody involved said nothing's going to change. Nothing's right. going to change. Nothing ever not changes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything fucking changes in an acquisition. Well, on. nothing like, changes within the first hour. You know, right. that's true. Or the first, or the first week, or the yeah. first six months of HR integration and redundancies. That's right. And and you know, strategic alignment and stuff like that. Stuff, but, ch- like, stuff changes. T minus a month as people are laid off because they are not going to have their job going into an acquisition, let's say, but nothing really happens at the time of acquisition because oh, totally. Yes. So just in the moment that statement is always true, but (laughs) but over time it becomes less true. Yeah. uh, Inevitably. But like the reason I mentioned that is that like I get a different read on the way Sony is actually talking about this Mm. acquisition, which is that they are being very specific that like, Hey, we want Bungie to remain independent. Producers like they're not part of the PlayStation Studios hierarchy. Like they say explicitly, like Bungie is going to exist on to, on the side of PlayStation Studios, not as part of it, um, and that they're going to continue publishing multi-platform. And it seems it really seems like Sony wants Bungie for its live service expertise more than anything. Yeah. All right. Can we get into some stuff here? Please do. Please. Uh, yeah. Listen. Mm-hmm. Bungie. Bungie. The makers of Halo. <laughs> the original uh-huh. makers of Halo. Uh-huh. Microsoft's Bungie. Microsoft's Bungie. Formerly. Okay, okay. The Marathon guys. Marathon. Right. Marathon. Uh-huh. Halo. Let's go back. Marathon. Mm-hmm. Halo on the Mac. Myth. Myth. Right. Yes. Yes. The original 
footage of Halo that made it look like a tribe's clone. Uh, okay. Microsoft, Bungie. I'm going to just run through this. You stop me when I should stop. Microsoft, Bungie, Halo, Bungie, we're out. Bungie, Destiny, Bungie, mm-hmm. Activision, Destiny, <laughs> Bungie, we're out. Bungie, Destiny 2, Bungie, Microsoft, Activision, <laughs> Bungie, Destiny 2, Bungie, Sony. That's, yes, nailed it. <laughs> Did I get it? Pretty much. Okay. Was, I think some waiting. of those darts hit. Yeah. I was waiting for an Oni in there somewhere. But oh, Rockstar. It. Oni? Yeah. Take two. Bungie, Rockstar, Oni, take two. Oni, this is a pretty good game. Oh. Uh, so, so yeah. So, Bungie, okay, Brad, maybe, or Alex, you guys both maybe can clear this up. Who, who, okay, Destiny 1. Is that all Bungie, or is there still some leftover Destiny 1 stuff? Or is Destiny 1 just gone? Is it, like, evaporated? I mean, it's still out there. Like, you can still play it. So, like, who who gets, who gets a up. dime if somebody buys Destiny 1? I don't know. I bet Activision okay. probably I, I still bet. at least gets a little check from that. Yeah, I, I would guess. That's total speculation, but I would okay. assume Activision still makes money from Destiny 1 if somebody still spends money on Destiny 1. Because it did seem like Bungie was pretty quick to kind of be like, Destiny 2? It's all, it's, this is our, this is our big long plan here, right? Like it's possible. It's possible. They had extracted everything destiny from the Activision deal entirely. I don't know. I mean, yeah, we're I like know. what? Eight years into the 10 year destiny plan. Oh God, you're right. We are coming up on eight almost. Uh, Jeez. so, so, uh, so when you mentioned the Sony Bungie special relationship thing, it is, it, it, it is important to know Bungie's independent streak they had in in claiming they want to be independent when they left you know microsoft and then also when they went with destiny 2 over Dest- you know and left kind of the activision deal they're fiercely independent so i assume and they were never owned by activision it was just a publishing deal, it's just a right? publishing i yeah. assume yeah. or money yes. you know yes. like uh but i assume that that's not just lip service and taking this deal with sony they have they you know they're like hey we want to retain independence here and my question is, and this is just or because we, I'm Sicilian, or, or, or we want to get paid, <laughs> or we want we also want and to maintain get paid. our independence. Uh, this isn't Sony just trying to like spit in the eye of Microsoft and be oh, no, like, no. okay. There's no way this deal was not already <sighs> in some like, kind of like, talk stage long before Microsoft made their big splash. I mean, having been through an extremely minor acquisition by comparison, I can tell you that even little ones take forever. I feel so, like the at, like, at let absolute alone one most, of this magnitude. At absolute most, they moved up the date of the announcement. Yes, that that I have wondered if maybe they like kind of that lit a fire under them to try to really get the talks finalized and stuff yeah. like that. I don't know for <coughs> sure, but yeah, like this absolutely has been in the works for months. So some of the other um, some of the other takeaways are that they have said, and again, this is Microsoft says the same thing when they have done a couple of acquisitions now multi-platform they want to they want to keep their stuff uh or destiny 2 in particular across all the platforms because it's on a lot of stuff with yeah for sure i i would i would go beyond i would go beyond even existing destiny stuff like jim ryan straight up said in the interview with uh, gamesindustry.biz that he did like he straight up says like hey you've seen us like we we sony recognizes the value of needing to expand its new markets and onto new platforms like you've seen us already publishing on pc now like, uh, PC doesn't count. I, as much as I, as much as I, for, hey, 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 for Sony, no, no, I would, I would disagree. I would say for Sony specifically, it absolutely does because I, Sony, it is, Sony traditionally has been the most 
short of Nintendo has been about the most closed, like prestige developer out there in terms of keeping all of all of its properties close to the vest. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying it's not a forbidden door. I'm saying that's one you can just open. It doesn't require a lock pick. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying I'm just but like, again, like Sony has all Sony's always treated everything it has as a competitive advantage that it has to keep that it has to keep proprietary. So for that reason, like even even just putting their games on PC at all was like a huge shift. Yeah. So so, you know, if you if you take aside the the statements from both Bungie and and you should you should look at them and obviously take them with a grain of salt because they are trying to put a message out there. Mm. But if you know, they're going to say. This is beneficial for both parties. Bungie's going to say, we now have the resources to fulfill our dreams. Sony's going to say, we want to make great games and bring them to everybody. How do you guys think this changes anything in terms of what Bungie puts out? Do you think they actually put out bigger projects or multiple teams on things? Do they have Sony-led initiatives that kind of push back onto Sony more than a general landscape? That sounds like what they want, for sure. Like, they've they've all but said, Sony, they being Sony, have, has all but said, like, hey, we want Bungie's live service expertise to trickle back, trickle down to the rest of Sony. So mm. Sony is not the best about online games and online infrastructure, generally. Mm. Um, yeah, like, it was easy to look at this deal when it first came out and go like, oh, maybe Bungie will make a single-player game again. <laughs> like, Sony does that. Like, maybe... Maybe Bungie will go back to what it used to do and do one of those, but it seems like the opposite, that Sony wants what Bungie does to help inform Sony, not the other way around. Well, remember what we said? We we had this conversation, boy, it wasn't that long ago, but I'm going to say about three or four weeks ago. No? Yes? No, it wasn't the Activision thing. It was before that. The differences between Microsoft and Game Pass were all their stuff is online, and they, they kind of sell you things because their games are a service right and sony just does not have that sony has big third person action adventure games that are single player focused like the last of us and god of war and horizon uh their games are big narrative focused single player events for the most part you know obviously so i wonder if this is a them reading the tea leaves a little bit and being like we have to do something even if it's pay our way out of this to bring in teams that can make games as services, who's doing it well. And Bungie is doing it phenomenal. Well, at least from the outside. I, I don't know what the internals look like, but <laughs> <laughs> don't don't look at Twitter anytime a new a new Bungie like a new design post goes up. But but it's because they I mean Des- I Destiny fans <laughs> would color your perceptions pretty negatively there. But anyway. I mean it, it is a working games as service. Totally. You know, totally. Like, I, just, yes, I yes, you're right. Uh and and so like it's I'm trying to think of ones that are as vibrant, let's say, out there, and they're, they're up there. Final Fantasy XIV, you know, yeah. World of Warcraft, still for now, to some degree. Gosh, what? Are, I mean, there's a ton. There's a bazillion. You know, there's Path of Exile. There are a ton in Asia. There's like mm. lots of mobile ones. Like, yeah, I think the Korean and everywhere is still pretty, pretty right. heavy. Yes, absolutely. But domestically, like, yeah, it's I guess Destiny is probably still one of the bigger ones. But also, just like, look how much Sony bangs on as Jim Ryan might say about um, uh, PSN revenue and their earnings, you know, mm-hmm. and how much of, or how important that is to their strategy. Like, you know, look how many consoles they sell. Like they have a bajillion PSN subscribers now. Like they need to start signing some of those people up for other live service games. Right. So that's what they want. Right. Get the, get the hooks in. So yeah, maybe this is an, another step forward in them trying to figure out what their games as services portfolio looks like. And if they are, if they are being truthful and just saying like, we want that tech coming down and that knowledge to come down, maybe we'll see more first party Sony stuff outside of Bungie 
making things that are games as services. Maybe right. Get- yeah. It's, it, I, I kind of actually tend to believe them on this. This is not yeah. just a, the, the typical cynical, like everything's going to remain the same. <laughs> it like actually seems like they do want Bungie to keep doing Bungie for now. Well, now what do you think, sorry, go oh, ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say quickly. I mean, maybe this is a non-starter or this ship sailed years and years ago, but uh, Sony putting a lot of stock in a, a Western developer. Does that say anything more about where Sony is at in 2022 or that that was five years ago? I think that was five years ago. I think okay. as soon as they moved their main base of operations to the U.S., like I, I feel like at a certain point, like Japan basically just became a Sobe studio. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's that team and they are doing their Japan focused initiatives. But like the, the core of the PlayStation business is run by North America now. Yeah, and or Europe actually, Europe, and yeah. Europe. Yeah, leadership has largely shifted to Europe at this point. But yes, you're right. Like, like Japan Studio like got cut down dramatically. I think it got ago, folded right? into essentially what is a Sobe Studio now. Or, 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 yeah, that's all that's left of it. Basically, yeah. like it's kind of man, it's kind of crazy when you think about how little actual game development is coming out of Sony Japan. It's a bummer. And not yeah, to say that's not I speaking agree. ill of a Sobe Studio because I feel like everything oh, a Sobe awesome. Studio has done so far has been great. But I just feel like. They can only do so much, though. Yeah, and it's just kind of a bummer that like there's just not they're not going after that talent in that region, considering the long history of great game development oh, talent dude, in Japan. It's like such an amazingly vibrant mm. kind of output from Sony in Japan on the Playstations over time. Yeah, <laughs> like we feel so far removed from that at this. point. Oh yeah, we are now in the big like I like I That's just true. said like you know you have Horizon, which is Gorilla, mm. right? You have um, uh, Last of Us, which is Naughty Dog, and um, god of war so like those feel like sony tentpoles now mm-hmm. like the, the the big ones and not the fun quirky stuff that used to right. come out of those yeah like uh, i just studios. you know where, where are the parappa the rappers and like patapons yeah. and stuff like that underpinning yeah. the the big prestige stuff i miss everything's that. a little sad <laughs> not sad like in the like man that's sad but like everything's Very pretty serious. heavy tone and serious yeah, yeah. alex sorry no. what were you gonna say before i got into the well so we're East gonna t- west. we're gonna talk about the other big acquisition here in a second before we get into that i kind of want to like, I kind of want to pose this question. What's next? Because if you are to believe the people out there who say these sorts of things on the internet, let's say a Jeff Keeley, he seems to be indicating that this is not the end of the big acquisition news forthcoming. And uh, it's a season. We're in the season. I think we're in the season because we're getting down to the end of the, you know, the fiscal year and all that. And I'm wondering, is Sony also trying to pull another one of these out of their hat? I don't personally feel like Nintendo is even going to dip their toe into this because that is just oh. not the way they do business. But I, I wonder, are we looking at something else from them? Are we looking at something bigger from them? Or, or is this just them kind of throwing that information around because, you know, everyone's paying attention at the moment? Gosh, I, you know, I mean, there are a couple of other studios out there that are... There's, yeah. Studios or publishers? It's, oh, it's, I would... Publishers so are big. That's a big one. Yeah, that is, for sure. I mean, it's so weird to read the discourse around this topic because there are like there's like the sober business analysis, and then there's also the like fanboy wish casting about what they want to happen to their favorite platform, and it's kind of hard to separate those sometimes. Yeah, like you see a lot of people saying like, "Oh, now Sony's going to buy Square Enix, or Sony's going to buy Capcom, or one of those two, Because I guess those are the only two left, right? I can't think of who else they would even buy in Japan. Well, in Japan, though, that's the thing. Are we talking Japan I guess or Sega, not? I, Sega, I guess, is an option. But, like, who are the who? other major third-party Japanese publishers at this point? Tecmo. Hey, yeah, Koei Tecmo sure still exists. There's guess. Namco Bandai. 
Oh, yeah, well, they might be too big. I, think, they, I think the Bandai element of that maybe yeah, makes that I tough. Think, I think they are I think they are way bigger than we all, we don't And that's we don't the same thing remember. with Konami, right? Like outside of games they still are Konami, fairly I don't large. even know what the fuck is Konami. <laughs> that's the thing. I have no, no idea, idea what the scale of Konami is at this point. Um, I don't know if like Sony's not looking to get into like the locker room and health club business. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, else like there the, is the there. Horse racing and uh, yeah. uh I'm trying. I'm I'm doing a quick search here to see, gosh, who, what developers are out there. Um, like who I have to keep track of who owns whom because so much stuff changed. So I'm trying to think. What, Ghostwire is coming out this year, right? That's so that soon, is soon, kind of. Soon, actually, right. yeah. So yeah. do they do they confirm the date for that? They haven't, but I, I think, think it's that, supposed to be out like that, but spring. The the March March 24th is the date that leaked. And yeah. who makes that? That's Bethesda. That's, that's okay, Tango Game Works, but they're owned by Bethesda. Okay, so they're gone. They're scooped. They're up. part of Microsoft now. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well. Okay. Trying to think of what else is coming out that um like that's not owned. Psionics is owned by Epic, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, and so is Harmonix, for that matter. Oh my God! I completely forgot about that. Yeah, it's like on the scale, on the scale of the things we've been talking about. That one is such a little blip now at this point, comparatively. Man. I don't, uh, I don't know how I feel about all this. Okay. And Embracer Group, like, if, if it's not owned by one of them, I'm just going to say they're owned by Embracer Group. Or will Safe be. assumption. Safe assumption. Is, um, is Avalanche owned by Embracer? Have they been embraced? Which one? The, the Mad Max Avalanche. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. They're Square Enix, aren't they? Uh. <laughs> are they Avalanche Software? There's also the U.S. Avalanche. No, Avalanche Software is the U.S. one that's doing that Hogwarts Harry Potter game. Yes, that's correct. Avalanche Studios. Avalanche, Avalanche Studios is the Mad Studios Max is one. the Mad Max Just Cause developer. And are they independent? I think they are independent. I think they still are. They have publishing deals for some of their big games, but I do believe they are still independent. Okay. Uh, wait. Hang on. Maybe not. <laughs> their Wikipedia page says subsidiary. <laughs> subsidiary oh of what? I don't know. Hmm. It is a parent company that includes Avalanche Studios, Expansive Worlds, and Systemic Reaction. Oh, okay. Okay. So Avalanche Studios okay, Group is the is the larger thing. Anyway, like they're yeah. they're a good example, I think, of like a medium sized developer that could get bought. Yeah. At this point, there aren't. I feel like there are less and less of those every day at this point. There's right. no chance that someone else goes after IO, right? I feel like I don't know. Or like Remedy, for be- that matter. Oh, oh yeah, Remedy. Remedy I like Remedy. I have. Felt like I'm surprised that Microsoft hasn't swooped in, and maybe they've tried. Who knows? Like, I don't they, think that, that Quantum like Break a, thing went super well as far as that relationship is concerned. Maybe, maybe not. There, yeah, maybe there's like I don't know, but which, I mean, Control is awesome. Like yeah. Alan Wake Two looks really interesting. Like they Remedy is like on an upward trajectory. Like seriously. So what is Remedy's? Sorry, uh, what Remedy's past history was publishing deal with Microsoft. Uh, Quantum Break for was Quantum the Break, game yeah. they did with yeah they okay. they put out Max Payne with Take Two and then Alan was Alan Wake a, a publishing deal? Um, Cause it was definitely a publishing deal. I can't remember if Microsoft. I think they. I think Microsoft straight up owned the Alan Wake IP, but they got it back recently. Okay. Yeah. So and, then, Rem- and Control was five hundred five. Yeah. Okay. So Remedy could be bought. Remedy, <laughs> like yeah. There's nothing Remedy. stopping it from happening. Yes. Remedy and IO are good examples, yeah. Like, okay. Like, they feel like in the kind of um, 
double fine pool, you know, like that size of, yeah. uh, of, of developer. Dude, man. Like I just, I can't even wrap my head around. Like I'm sitting here thinking through studios and all of them are owned by some giant, I know. gigantic corporation at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. Like all of THQ got gobbled up, right? Well, yeah. no, TH, I mean, THQ, well, what do you no, mean? THQ Nord- I'm saying like THQ Nordic oh, yeah, is just that, a that, giant. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, they went bankrupt and the properties were just auctioned off. All right. Uh, oh man. And they All never right. got it. Like WB Games, I remember there was the whole like rumor mongering about them selling off their games division at some point, but like none of that ever really seemed to get any traction, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you know, it's a hit-driven business. It's extremely risky. Running a business is hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't really blame people for not wanting to like walk that tightrope anymore as a small to medium-sized studio. Or even as, like, say, a solo developer making a game that is suddenly internet-beloved. Uh, sure. Oh, you mean like Josh Wordle? Yes. Uh, oh, we're <laughs> moving me. on? Okay. Excuse me, Josh Wordle? W- Josh Wardle? Wardle. Wardle. Yeah, it's, uh, it is amazing that we uh, went this long. It's amazing so- that we're, like, two, three months into Wordle being huge at this point, and nobody had noticed the guy who makes it is named Josh Wordle. It is, um... It is also kind of amazing that nothing can live in the wild for more than like a month, right? Before uh, being yes, it is. It's a bummer. Scooped up. It is yes. Uh, New York New York Times bought Wordle, in case it's not clear. Absorbed it, uh, and if by some miracle you have managed to go these last few months without knowing what world Wordle is, or just maybe wondering what all those green squares on your timeline were, without actually <laughs> per, like investigating. Wordle is a damn word game. It is a very simple one. It is a clean, it is just a website you go to, you play a game every day, you guess a word, that's it. Yeah, the creator had like very consciously not tried to monetize it. Like He'd also turned down like offers of people like trying to put it on the App Store and stuff like that. Yeah, A bunch of the clones appeared. Yeah, it's clones all over the place, like spoofs. Have you played Letteral? No. It's literally just a single letter. Just, uh. guess, the, just guess the alphabet. Uh-huh. First time I played it, it took me 25 tries. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, at least it uh, didn't take you 27. I played uh, some Wordle. The kids liked it. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've been playing Wordle basically every day since late November or something like that. And What's your opener? For whatever. Uh, lately, it's been adieu for quite some time. Okay. Mine is oiled. You, you knock I like out. Steam. I feel like you get a lot of vowels okay. and an cool. S in there. Yeah, I was I was doing stare for a long time before that. Adieu is real hot and cold. <laughs> you knock out four of the five vowels. Yeah, and that's pretty good. If 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 several of them, if more, if more than one hits, like I finished, I finished it in like fifteen seconds before when like Oof. two or three letters hit on that one. Like hit in the right spot or just if hit? nothing. If nothing hits, it is like a nightmare. It's very hard at that point. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I think, um, you know, it does, it does maybe like New York times getting it. They'll put it in their games thing. I actually subscribe to their games thing for the crossword. Do you, I've been so. thinking about it. Will, uh, Will was telling me how good the New York times crossword is. And I was thinking about maybe ponying up. I enjoy it. I, you know, I have a New York times paper subscription and then it's a separate one for the, uh, uh the app side of it. Mm-hmm. So I have the game subscription also. So, you know, it coming in there is is okay there's a lot of fun games in there but yeah there's something was, about like this thing in the wild that was free and just being like scooped up as a I it was have to say five destinations you go to on your on your browser right yeah I, I they made say, a website people actually would go to i haven't i have to say for whatever reason i have not played it since this announcement came out oh 
I. It's just like I don't know. Some I think somewhere in the back of my mind is is the idea that it's over. It's like, well, that was that. Well, like, it, it's going to be over eventually anyway. And the thing I will say is that I completely understand why people would have a reaction to this because it was like a rare instance of a kind of pure, kind of simple thing being allowed to exist and capture people's attention for a length of time without it getting mucked up. But also, if I'm that guy, I made that thing. And the New York Times comes in offering me seven figures. What are you supposed to do? Say no to that? Do you want to say no to potentially putting yourself in financial security for, let's say, most of, if not the rest of your life over this thing you spent a small amount of time making just because people like it? No. I do not begrudge the maker. I don't, I don't I either. Do, I do not yeah, begrudge. Yeah, I think he was always going to have a shelf life. I don't. I, I, are people doing that? Like, I, th- I think it's fine to be bummed that a corporation came and swooped up this like precious little pure thing. I don't. I don't think it's fine to like give the eye a hard time about it. Because, there, like, there are people who are angry about it, but of course there are. It's the internet. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like that is the society we live in. Like in a in a better world, this would not be necessary. Yeah, but in a better world, like, you wouldn't have to do this, and you wouldn't you would not feel the need like, to sell this this nice little thing right, to a corporation right, like, because like, that's you you have enough money and you have enough support to live your life regardless. But that's like, the thing right. is that 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 is just not possible in that's, this. That's country. exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Is that I saw. A, decent number of people kind of gnashing teeth about about like oh well i guess just the outcome of every beautiful thing is to sell it to a corporation now but it's like it's been that the, way man is is this not the natural outcome of a society that forces everyone to exist in like constant financial precarity unless they hit something like this you know like, yeah i mean i, I of mean course. It, yeah. of course yeah of course if this dude had the chance to be able to afford health insurance for the rest of his life without being bound to an employer. Of course he's going to take that. Yeah. Also, there's the part of like, you know, the, uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but there's no level playing field for competing against giant corporations. So it's not like you're going to take on a giant corporation with Wordle and win the day. No. Right. Uh, well, there are also practical realities around things like hosting costs, you know, like mm-hmm. he, that, that thing was hosted <laughs> on his personal website and he's, and not monetized. And who knows what it was costing him at the point that I'd have to assume millions of people are playing it at this point. Yeah. Like, and then you've already got the you've got the the app clones too. Like you've already got people trying to cut in on your what business there is for that thing. Well, Wordle. Anyway, Wordle and Wordle. <laughs> yeah. I'm still playing uh, Wordle. I still like it. I will never post my results though because I, no one needs that in their life. It was a it's a really nice way to just wake up and like get your brain moving with a cup of coffee in the morning i found it was a bedtime thing for me i did me with the really kid, i did it with the kids at night um, interesting right before bed uh we did we would sit and do one my son is kind of shockingly good at wordle uh so do good, any good of friend. you have a one or two guess score yes See, no, I don't. Got, no, no one two i've never no gotten ones. it on one i've gotten it on the second one though. okay yeah, i one. have a lot of threes a lot of fours but i do not have any twos so my, my favorite to, ones, like I said, though, my favorite ones are not the low number of guesses. It's the lightning round ones where I just typed and typed <laughs> and typed and got it without even stopping. Like those are the that. ones where you really feel the adrenaline going. Uh, um, it's the same word for everybody, right? Yes. Yes. So I assume people are just cheating. And, and oh, just yeah. I'm sure like there are plenty the of people who are doing so. Yes. Yeah. I, I think you can. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I think you can literally just pull the answer out of the page source or, or whatever. But like, I mean, it's like fucking why are you even those why people even bother at that point? Those people will never see heaven. <laughs> no no they will not all right well we're on that note we're gonna take another quick break here uh maybe see a little piece of heaven mm-hmm. and uh we'll come <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what that means but we'll be right back oh after i think this. i do <laughs> we'll, we'll be right back after this he double hockey sticks 
This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just used ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet, let's say. What what are you doing on that vacation there? I I had to access my GitHub account, Uh and I was doing some coding, and then I I used my ExpressVPN, and then VPNed into my home computer! Likely story. Uh Uh-huh. And then uh, I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, some videos, uh, you know, and it's fast enough. That's what they all say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know they didn't know a damn thing. It says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN. Expressvpn.com slash nextlander. Thanks, ExpressVPN. All right. We've got some other news here that is not just acquisitions for the moment. Uh, Who knows by the time we get through this other news, maybe something else will be bought. Uh, Brad, what else do we got here? Uh, We... we, we Skipped over to earlier, it's super minor, actually, in the grand scheme, but uh, Discord launched its PlayStation integration. Yeah, I saw that on which, Discord, actually. Yeah, which they, like, they did the same thing on Xbox a while back. Like, it's not a huge thing. And I think in both cases, still, all you really can do is do the kind of rich presence. Like, I'm playing hmm. Astro's Playroom, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm playing whatever. It's just like a show what you're playing on those consoles on Discord, which kind of is whatever. Yeah. But I really hope this is a stepping stone to launching cross-platform Discord voice chat mm. on all of those things. Because I feel like, I know you guys tell me, like, I feel like there is, like, kind of an increasing need, a pressing need for a, cr- a true cross-platform voice chat, party chat solution that works well. As, yeah, as, games, become, as games become more cross-platform, yeah. for sure. Right. Like, like, I would say probably more on the Microsoft end, because they have a lot of PC, Xbox stuff. Uh, but as Sony gets... You know, if it wants to build that infrastructure, for sure. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like Destiny crossplay, all kinds of stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, like there are games you can play with people on a PC from a console now and vice versa that you want to be able to talk to them easily. And like, yeah, I don't want to like drag a laptop in the living room and like try to split audio <laughs> and stuff like that. No, thank you. Them, you know? uh, there, There is going to be a future where we will look back and say things like, remember when you bought a game and you had to pick which console it was on? Like, uh, the, I strongly believe we will get there. Uh, Seems like something is is happening there. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's there's called something happening. A, in it's here. called consolidation, and everybody's there's only gonna be one thing you buy because that is the one who owns it. But yes, that, right that now song. we have three websites. Soon there will be one website. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that song. That song also seems like a good candidate for the. That just hasn't been done. I don't know how you can slow that one down anymore because it's oh, already can, slow. Yeah, you can well, there's a difference between the slow cover and the haunting cover. Right, it's true. Something's happening. Yeah, it's just a spoken word. 
Yeah, it needs it needs like a a more ethereal like girl voice to it to sort of yes. like really make it haunting. Yeah, very haunting. Or like or like a little kid just kind of like mm-hmm. singing. Oh, a children's yes, choir. The, oh, a yes, children's, the children's choir. There yes, it is. Uh, yeah, dude, I was going to say that earlier. Like that's that's the fucking key. It's either <laughs> it's either a uh a children's choir or a like a teenage female vocalist that sounds mm-hmm. like she's about 14. Like it needs to be that haunting, wispy, mm-hmm. ethereal kind of vocal for sure. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, good. tell everybody what you're playing on your Discord when you play it on your PlayStation. Yeah, like, like not, not, yeah, not a huge deal, obviously, for this particular feature, but I hope it is a sign of that voice chat stuff. Let them know Vinny sent you mm-hmm. eventually. Uh, okay, what else we got, Brad? I would, I think of you guys as a couple of dark pictures aficionados. Yeah, I've been, would you say? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. I've played, played, played at least a little of all of them. I think you've played all of those. You're yeah. a couple of picture heads. Ah, uh, that's me. Dark picture head. Um, the, uh, so like logos, names and logos for what looks like the next five dark pictures games have leaked. Uh, I love of the, all of these, by the way. Out, mm-hmm. out of the EU intellectual property office. Yeah, I just wanted to like rattle them off to you guys and get these your These are reactions. all fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Also, I should, I should say these are all other names we had for Nextlander before. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. right, so Strangely, they were all taken in Europe, though. <laughs> so you can guess which one was my pick. Yeah. Uh, all right. What do you think? The Dark Pictures Directive 8020. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think that is? I think uh, they are they are going to do horror in space. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. Like the, the, the zero is like a moon, but also a skull. It appears to have an eye patch. I can't tell. Maybe they're space <laughs> pirates. I don't know. Okay. Uh-huh. The Dark Pictures of the Craven Man. So good. I get Small Town. I get Small dis- Town, like Maine. Yeah, I'm getting distinct mm. Wicker Man vibes from the logo. Mm. And if they want to do like a folk horror entry, I think that could be cool. Oh yeah, that sounds that sounds good. You don't think there's any Wes Craven tie-in there, do you? Oh. Man, I well, one, he's he is passed on. Uh, uh, I don't mean I don't yeah. mean literally, I just mean like like inspired by his stuff. I don't know, because I feel like when I think back on Wes Craven, the things you would point to are a Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream, and neither of those scream the dark pictures to me. It's fair. I could see. Well, eh, Nightmare on Elm Street is it. too slasher, and Scream yes, is too yes. meta. It is, but I still I could see some kind of like jigsaw esque. Like I, I don't know. I mean, that's not really Scream, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, kind of masked, masked like mastermind kind of. Sure. I don't know. I could see it. Uh. The Dark Pictures Intercession. Mm-hmm. I'm getting which, Crusades vibes. From yes. Yeah. That very much looks like some kind of Middle Ages Crusades. Well, I w- so don't forget this about every Dark Pictures thing. There is the setup, which takes place in the historical time period. And then there's the modern day people stumbling across that thing. So but what if they change that up at some point? Nope. they will not this will be a crusade style thing that then some modern people stumble across accidentally the dark dark pictures winter fold i feel like there's maybe the least to go on with this one i'm just gonna say it's gonna be the the thing style thing Mm, okay so antarctica or something like that i was gonna say i was gonna say research facility although does that look like a highway sign it kind of does Got a little hand. Uh, it could be the town of Winterfold, you know, like uh, yeah. it could be. All, it could be like a thirty days of night thing. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, a little butt, bloody that. handprint on it. Yes. And then finally, <laughs> this is the one that really got me. <laughs> the Dark Pictures presents O Death. So 
I think that one, because that one, the picture looks like the guy who sets up the whole thing with that little bowler hat. The little hat. bowler hat, yeah. Yeah, so I think that one could be like an anthology of anthologies or maybe like shorter, like really shorter things. Ooh, in it. that sounds cool. I love horror I think this one's going to be the neat. musical. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's O is Flutter O, it's not O-H. It's yeah. literally O-Death. Yeah, so that I think that one could be like, uh, especially since it's Dark Pictures Presents, um, you know, it's a little different than the rest of them. It could be, uh, 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 you know, a collection of collections. I don't know. Best or maybe of. that guy finally turns into antagonist. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe. Or, or like, uh, or maybe it's like, a, it's a roll up. It's a collection of all these, mm-hmm. maybe these, these, uh, four. And that's the kind of package they put them in. Right. Like could for be. the season or something like that. So, uh, I, I like the dark picture stuff. I think for me, Kind of like the Telltale stuff. It needs a little bit of a tech refresh. That's here and exactly there. what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is, it like, still, is it still kind of... I haven't played one of their games since uh, Until Dawn, but I even I remember how sort of rough that thing was. It's not janky. It just feels a little old, especially mm-hmm. when you look at some of like the, like what they're trying to do with motion capture. Like It feels a little behind some of the other stuff that is out there yeah. in the AAA space. But at the same time, I do think that their storytelling is getting a little more confident as they keep going with these. So Yeah, it was. it's a weird thing. It was a thing where the tech felt ahead and now feels a little behind. Yeah. Uh, Whereas you know, their ad, their writing chops got better as time goes along. They they know they're they they have a pocket and when they when they're in that pocket, it's very campy and very good. Even that mm-hmm. one that um what was the last one we played? House of Ashes. House of Ashes, which, yeah. Which was like set up to be like a cringe fest, but it was but they I think they it delivered could have been in the a lot most of ways. offensive thing that right. came out in the last five years and they somehow managed to like <laughs> stick a stick the landing in a way that felt like, okay, you at least thought about this. Yeah, right, yes. So you know, it still goes for that that bygone campy cinemax, you know, horror experience, which is still pretty good. I, I, yeah, like I, I don't play, I've never played one of these and probably wouldn't ever, but I love that it exists. Like I, I, I love that they've had enough success to keep going with this and try a bunch of different things. It's kind of awesome. For those that haven't tried one, I, I have to say, cause I don't think it's talked about that much. My love of these, not, love is maybe a bit of a strong word. Your enjoyment. My, my real enjoyment of these are playing remote multiplayer yes. because the, the split off and do different things at the same time is really well done in the you usually play like two characters that are doing different things and then circle back together and have different experiences and like kind of have to share those and it's does, it does every single one of them have that yes yes like all of them thing. added in some, cool. some capacity uh they that also is, have local cool. pass and play where you play different characters but i think the part where you're experiencing different stuff where in you're parallel just like, yeah yeah what are you seeing right now oh you don't want to know this is real <laughs> bad. like that's like that's fun i really enjoy that that's cool. Uh, yeah, th- that's some good stuff. Uh, and so, they must be doing well enough if they've got like four or five more of them planned. Well, it's it's Namco Bandai that publishes those, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh. so I feel like at a certain point, they probably signed on for a certain number of those, and if they did well enough, then obviously we're getting another slate of those, which is great. But yeah. I'd also really love to see if they what they would try outside of this very specific realm. Mm. Maybe we're not there yet. Maybe they just want to keep riding this wave as long as they can, but like... I feel like they've kind of shown us what they can do. So unless they have like a real crazy idea for how to go forward with these, I'd kind of like to see what that studio might try in, in a different environment in a different style of game. Who, who is that? Super, super massive games. Yes. Is that right? So this is super funny because we just talked about this, right? I'm just going to read this. 
Last year, Danish entertainment company Nordisk acquired a 30.7% stake in the Dark Pictures and Until Dawn studio. I'm going to keep going. Copenhagen, Denmark-based Nordisk Games now holds investments in multiple European game studios, including full ownership of Just Cause and Mad Max developer Avalanche Studios. Oh. And part ownership of Call of the Sea publisher Raw Fury and Metroid Samus Returns studio Mercury Steam. Wait, so, what? wow. I didn't know about that one either. Jeez. Uh, so, yeah, okay. we, we tried to find one that was maybe <laughs> spinning free out there. Pulled there is back no in, freedom. Uh, Doesn't exist. Nordisk. Um, so, yeah. So Nordisk, uh, I'm sorry, Nordisk is the uh, um, investor in Supermassive. It says the ninth addition to their portfolio. Incredible. Interesting, okay. huh? Yes. Incredible. 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 So yeah, I don't know, maybe they got more money to, to keep moving with this. So we'll see. Right. Uh, Brad, anything else keeping, we Keeping with touch the horror on? theme. Mm-hmm. I'll let Alex pick this up with this picture that he pasted into Slack a day or two ago. No, the Vinny posted this. Oh, did Vinny post this? Yeah, Vinny posted it in there. I, oh, I'm sorry. I just it's a very it was a very disturbing picture of somebody. Dude, I, I don't I, think I it's disturbing. I think it's happy. I think it's I, good. I, I think it's, it's just it's jarring. It's jarring. I admire Danny Trejo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he rules. A terrific I, actor. Yeah, I've ne- I, I think like you though. Yes, I have never seen him smile before. <laughs> Yeah, he's been mostly typecast in roles where his main thing is grimacing. That's that's I, a completely fair statement. And I have also heard is very pleasant. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, like sure. a smiling Danny Trejo is fine. Uh, but Alex, why don't you say what the news is here? It's just it's an interesting little like thing. I, I, Danny Trejo out here getting paid any way he can, and apparently one of the ways he's getting paid is making a cameo appearance in Ollie Ollie World. Sure. So I remember when they sent over the build that we previewed, they said, don't talk about any of the celebrity stuff. And I was like, what are you talking about? I don't think I even got to that. And then I saw this announcement. I was like, oh, this is what you were talking about. Yeah. So Danny Trejo is a character in a side quest in that game. It is a cute skateboardy rendition of Danny Trejo. It is accompanied by a photo of him with a big old (laughs) smile on his face. So in a fedora and a a jaunty hat. Yeah, yeah, right. And a jaunty is is really the key word there. And it's like a genuine smile. So like yes. uh, by all accounts, he is a very cheerful man in real life. (laughs) Yeah, this is this is one of those weeks where I wish that our podcast hosting allowed for there to be like a unique weekly image Mm -hmm. (laughs) because this would absolutely be the podcast image. Don't worry, it'll go up in the recap post on Patreon. So it was like always one of my favorite things about putting the bombcast together after the fact was going and finding an image. So yeah, uh, this uh, this would be that. You know, n- nothing against Danny Trejo smiling for a picture. Just really just like one of those things of like, huh, right. You don't see that a lot. Uh, usually it's very like leathery kind of staring at you. Stern, possibly drenched in blood. Yeah. Uh, cross looking. Yeah. Or, you know. Potentially ready to knife you if you make the wrong move. Or or give you a stern look in a kid's movie, right? To be the person who's going to be like, Okay. You know, but you know, at the same time, I actually like in on the heels of this, I went back and watched his uh, appearance on one of the episodes of Parts Unknown, where Anthony Bourdain goes to the restaurant he was opening in Los Angeles, and it's just you listen to him talk. He's just he's a happy go lucky guy, man. Like he's sitting there talking, like every good thing that's happened in my life has come as a direct result of helping other people, and that's all I want to do. I want to do nice things for people, and you know, have a good life, and it's just. It's heartwarming in a way that you're just not accustomed to seeing, given the the breadth of acting roles he's been offered over the years. Also, that restaurant opened on Spy Kids Money. 
probably guaranteed. I mean, honestly, it, the the number of things he has been in over the <laughs> yeah. years, like those uh, checks are coming from every which way. I was going to say the number of things Spy Kids money has probably mm-hmm. bought for other uh, for people. Robert probably Rodriguez like. definitely, uh, like by proxy, owns a third of that <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 That's funny. Yeah, Spy Kids, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I have never actually watched a Spy Kids movie from beginning to end. I've seen pieces of them, but that's it. They're they're goofy and fun. My kids watch them with the the uh, Lava Girl and Shark Boy stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like it's they're goofy. Like when people said that Mandalorian, uh, the Boba Fett thing looked like a Spy Kids thing, I knew exactly what they were talking. <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah, but uh, but also there's like. I remember reading tale and I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, but like a lot of the early stuff, special effects were all done by like Robert Rodriguez. Right. Wasn't it like, I mean, yeah, it was his movie, his projects. And I think he did a lot of the, yeah. like, that's his whole thing is he's, that he puts yes. his hands on everything. He's yeah. he is a big effects guy. He's a big, like yeah. hands on do it yourself kind of guy. So like, cool. Like, I mean, if you can make a movie and just like be like, I, you know what? I'll just handle this part. Like amazing. Go for it. And get, I mean, Danny Trejo's name, I think, is Machete in that movie, or Machete, you know. In that, well, then he that, eventually that. goes on to star in the Machete movie. So what a what a weird, what a weird turn. A star, star, and it all started from a fake trailer in Grindhouse. So there you go. <laughs> yes. Uh, is that the end of the news? Uh, yeah, that's what I got. Well, folks, mark the time. Because the next buyout happened. <laughs> T minus what time is it now to the next big buyout announcement? Will we be back next week saying, can't believe it? X bot Y. The, the odds seem to be approaching 100% that there will be at least one more of these before the end of March. Mega buyout or mid tier buyout? I think we're talking uh, about I, my, my bold prediction is that we are looking at another big one. Maybe not as talk- big, but a big one. I mean, we kind of ran this exercise already, but like what I'm trying to think what qualifies as a mega at this point. Anything that's a publisher, I think. It would be one of those big big. publishers. Yeah, you're right. Who is probably too big? Where? Not crucial enough. Is Ubisoft distressed enough? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. They seem to be doing okay. Okay. Who... Like CD Projekt said, they're not interested in selling. Who buys Hello Games? Um, I don't know. Microsoft. Microsoft feels like a Hello. Microsoft feels like they. Hello Games seems like they might. I'm super guessing that they might value their independence if they're, you know, I think No Man's Sky has done pretty damn well over time. Yeah, Um, I think the long tail on that one has bore out. I continue. I continue to say that the turnaround in the diehard community for that game is one of the most heartwarming things going in video games right now. Like, just the level of like praise that people lavish on Sean Murray every time they put out a new update for that I mean, game is just like they're not charging like, for those updates. That's a big part. Oh, yeah, of it. yeah. I'm sure. Yes, that is a big part. Of it, but they've just done so much work to that game. Okay, like, it is just it is just pretty pleasant to watch. Elephant. Okay, not elephant in the room. Something nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. Because maybe it's no one talks too, about this. Because too silly to talk about. No one's saying this. Yeah, nobody, nobody's saying this. You're not hearing this more and more. Uh, one thing Vinny shouldn't say because it's probably very, very silly that he doesn't want you to know about. Steam, Valve. What? What about them? Are they in the buying or being bought? You not would have to I'm, pry I'm, that being company. Bought, no. You would have to pry being that bought. company from Gabe Newell's cold dead knife hands. Like being being bought, absolutely not. Like absolutely I not. Even, I cannot even imagine what Steam is worth at this point. Okay, 
buying developer. Uh, Valve is care? weird about that stuff. Like they, you know, they they acquired Campo Santo a few mm-hmm. years ago. And then proceeded to can to, the game they were working on. I'm trying to think who else they've like, you know, they've dabbled in hardware and they might have there might have been some acquisitions there. Like Bradmere. I can't yes, they acquired Bradmere at one point. <laughs> um I can't they they don't they're not super big and splashy with acquiring no, stuff. No, that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't they're tactical, get, like a knife. Yeah. And like their 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 model <laughs> for a long time was sort of like identify interesting emerging talent and kind of bring it in house or like help it. You know and what I mean? Ab- like, we'll kind of absorb it into the into the the yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like Left 4 Dead and Portal were both that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, All right. No, I, I, they just don't seem that acquisition happy. Like, what the fuck is Gabe Newell doing in New Zealand right now? Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Just you know, sharpening knives. I don't know. I don't know. Looking at Epic Games, being like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Are they? Like they're, so, already, they're already one of the, if not the biggest distribution platforms for games on the planet. I don't even know what other ambitions they could have. So we've honestly. said it here, which means uh, a net, we've made the joke here. So that means next week, join us as we talk about uh, Apple buying Steam mm-hmm. and uh, uh, how wild that news is because you can't take anything. We don't live in. Well, you heard it here world. first. Google bought Apple who bought Steam. <laughs> That's right. I don't. That's right. I don't wish I don't uh, Apple. I think Apple's bigger than Google. I'm not sure. No, oh, no. They're wait, amid- I'm getting. Uh, hold on, I'm getting some uh, news here. Uh, Tencent bought Google. Oh, which both. bought Apple? Which bought Valve? Yeah. Both. Which bought know. Ubisoft? Which bought um, the right to make another Assassin's Creed I, game? I think they're pretty close. Yeah. All right, folks. That is going to wrap up this week's show. I got a couple of things to say before I go, though. Oh, first, wow. first, huh? I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody uh, who supported us. I want to say that that support is very meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you can support us by going to patreon.com slash nextlander and finding a tier there if you want to help support us there. Or you can uh, help support us just by watching and listening to our stuff. And, uh, and spread the word. Spread the word. Spread the word. You know, leave user reviews on the podcast, all that stuff. All the fun stuff. You know what everybody wants out there um but come join us on the discord if you want i've been having a lot of fun conversations people trying to pry me away from uh backing board games in there i've oh, posted man. uh some some uh coding questions in the coding channel today lots of fun fun stuff the, going the, on in the, there. the number of people pushing me to download crusader kings 3 is, is <laughs> you did it to yourself by telling I, people you might buy it so oh i, um, I mean I, I i did i install it hang on should uh, i just check double check uh, stream that stream was fun. I extremely get Crusader Kings three now. We should play some more of that. Yeah, we should play some more. I, we should we should continue the like, uh did Duke must reclaim his lost honor and his lost throne. That's right. Uh, the the legacy of uh Patty must, the Putapon. Mm-hmm. Yes, you must you must avenge Patty de Duke. <laughs> uh so yeah, go check out the uh the Patreon you go check out um uh, uh, the YouTube channel that we have and the next lenders YouTube channel where we have, uh, our dying light videos up there. Uh, the series we did, uh, or just started with Mary Kish comfy cruise. She wanted to play some comfy games and I'm glad next lander could be a place where we can get together and just spend time with Mary Kish. Actually, that is, yeah. uh, that is super fun. So thanks everybody for supporting us and making that possible as well. So go check that stuff out. Uh, if you are over there on the Patreon, we have a couple of tiers. We also have a tier called the Mysterious Benefactor tier. And one of the perks there is getting your name read on this here podcast. And I am going to read these Mysterious Benefactors 
on today's show. Are you guys ready? I think so. Hit it. Here are this week's mysterious benefactors. Evan Poon. No one. Vinny's Giants of Booga Boogas. Nelson LeBlanc. James Smith. Skywarp. John Hubbard. Sean Miller. Jack Eineker. Nick Donegan. Evan Cook. Mark Wilhelm. J.M. Jerry Lee. Gary Pejke. Conrad Kuzman. Robert Fisher. John McInnes. Octothorpe Bunny Crimes. Peter Reardon. Thomas Lynn. Jad Rita. Statics. Andrew Jackson. Bacon Monk. Chris Barkhurst. Alex. Is it, is it who I think it is? Is it, is it, is it Anders Bouguet? Yes. Thank you, Brad. Devin Maestro Hall. Brian Murphy. Kevin Velado. Randy Duax. Mark Allenbach. Aaron Gonzalez Beer. Andrew Teepkin. It's me, JP. Edward Cheek. Andrew Slosky. Steve Lynn. Richard Welsh, aka Hired Noobs. Matthew Herrig. And Tyler Treese. Our mysterious benefactors for this week. I want to thank everybody for supporting us one more time. Because. Yes. I can. And I feel it in my yes. heart. Mm-hmm. In my heart. Um, like I said, we Couldn't. had a bunch of fun stuff from this week. Um, we we conquered a challenge in, in uh, a Scrap Mechanic. The most we vexing built, one so far. We built the best thing that has ever built and been, been built in Scrap Mechanic, and the game couldn't appreciate it. Should have worked. <laughs> Should have worked. It's true. Um, we had, we're too smart for Scrap Mechanic. Yes. That's right. Too smart for Scrap Mechanic. We had a, a really fun ramble cast. You can go check that out. We had a, a Dying Light 2 video that is now up. Uh, Alex kind of running around in there for around an hour. Uh, we're looking to get into some more Dying Light 2 co-op on Friday. Servers, fingers crossed, servers there. We're going to try and check out that Bloodborne demake uh, uh, to go check that out on Thursday if you want to join us for that. Might jump into some other stuff, seeing how that is going. Um and oh and the and the comfy crew with mary kish you can go yes. check that out yes uh, which was a lot of fun. live now and uh yes and and a, a pretty good long dying light 2 video up on youtube yeah a whole hour and we so still somehow managed to avoid any real spoilers yeah, yeah. uh so yeah go yeah. check out all that stuff and, and more games coming soon yeah and more games Very on soon. the horizon sifu ali ali world all these things and then Horizon, Elden Ring, mm-hmm. a bunch of things going on there. So thanks again, everybody. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be back next week.